Nico, you travel a lot. What's the two most important things when going on, to bring when going on a road trip? Your suitcase, your hair blower? Nope. You're 38, and of course, your wild turkey airplane shooters. <laughs> Movie Tales. I'll have what she's having. Hosted by Mark, Jeff, and Nick. Round up the usual suspects. Three lifelong friends who all dropped out of film school because they all figured out they loved watching movies more than making them. Are you not entertained? Gretchen, stop trying to make fetch happen. These cinephiles review and reveal widely unknown factoids, lore, myths, trivia, and cultural impact of the movie. Mostly funny. I'm your huckleberry. Sometimes serious. I'm gonna make him an awful game. Definitely interesting insight into the best movies we only thought we knew. He's looking at you, kid. This airplane week we go shooters. airplane shooters. You you can't leave home without them. Uh, this week we go on a road trip with a couple of ladies. Mark, what are we watching? Epic movie, Thelma and Louise. Uh, Louise is working in a diner as a waitress and has some problems with her boyfriend Jimmy, who as a musician is always on the road. Thelma's married to Daryl, who likes his wife to stay quiet in the kitchen so that he can watch football on TV. One day they decide to break out of their normal life and jump in the car and hit the road. Their journey, however, turns into a flight when Louise kills a man who threatens to rape Thelma. They decide to go to Mexico, but soon they are hunted by the police. And uh, it's a pretty simple getaway story. It's the female version of Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid, basically. So like let's jump right in, boys. Jeff, yeah. when did you see it? Oh, moment to go. Starting with me, huh? Yeah. All right, well... I watched this movie for the first time this week. Really? Uh, what? what? Yeah, I, this is awesome. I love that I started with him then. That's great. I have always heard great things about the movie. And of course, I knew about the iconic ending. I was probably a little young when it came out. And I just never got around to seeing it. And I saw wow. this as a great opportunity to see it for the first time. It, was, it worked for me. It's a good movie. I did that with Casablanca and it changed my life. Huh. I don't know if this is going to change your life, though. So. It did. Uh, yeah, it just... Uh, maybe it'll change road trips. <laughs> Wild turkeys go get and 38. You're going to go to 38? <laughs> but if I bring the 38, I might have missed part of the lesson of this movie. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, but definitely packing my 38 and my um, Wild Turkey airplane shooters from now on. Uh, Mark, moment in time. This, so this movie was a big deal when it came out. It, it was controversial between this you know, graphic sex scene for the time for a mainstream movie, the controversial ending. Some people thought it, maybe it glorified suicide. And some people thought this movie was degrading to men. And I never got to see it until a couple of years after it came out because I was nine years old. And I just remember this movie was like a big deal. So... My parents didn't let me see it, probably because they saw the some stupid news story or something in regards to it being controversial. But there's I some rem- dark themes and stuff too for kid. Like beyond the a lot of there's a lot of darkness going on in this movie. Yeah, but then I remember my parents seeing it and they both enjoyed it. And what's funny, I talked to them when I rewatched this movie this week, and they both remembered seeing this movie. My parents are in their 70s now. So they don't, whenever I bring up old movies, they're always amazed. Like, how do you remember that? And, and they remembered seeing this movie. So that was a testament to how good this movie is, too, I thought. But uh, it was great fun revisiting this movie. What about you, Nico? When did you see it? So this was in the category of Dirty Dancing, pretty much where my mom had known about it. All of her friends wanted to see it. And then they would hide the VHS and lock it up after they saw it, you know? And then you as a kid would have to break in and see it. So I did see it within the first year it came out as a kid. And it was hard to watch. You're right. It was controversial. That There was a very graphic rape scene, especially for the time, you know. I can only think of the accused being worse. And I remember 
it kind of scaring me, but not really affecting me, and I didn't think it was that cool. I saw it again in a women in film class, uh, sophomore year of college, and again, just unaffected by it. But this time was different, boys. I don't know if it's the time we're living in, or if I've changed as a man, but I was, I was actually pretty deeply affected by this. I put that in that text thread today, Jeff, but yeah, I get it. This is an amazing movie. It's a great rewatch. I'm glad we chose it. I'm glad you enjoyed your revisit. I enjoyed watching it, too. I think it held up. Yeah, definitely. But, uh, sure. Jeff, what, what worked for you? Because you started. You haven't seen it. So, the acting. Worked? The acting. The performances are incredible. Uh, I really... Everything. Uh, Harvey Keitel, Susan Sarandon, Gina Davis, uh, every, everybody involved. Uh, Mark Madsen, along with the chemistry of uh, like Gina Davis and Brad Pitt. And I really what stuck out for me was the performances uh, in this film. And I just thought that really worked. What worked for you, Nick? The theme. It was perfect. That's why it took me so long to get it. This this was a book, a movie about loyalty, but also it's a theme amongst women issues. And I actually brought a quote for this because it's important to me. And the way I could sum it up is this book called Thelma and Louise on the cliff, how the making of Thelma Louise drove Hollywood to the edge. And she describes it perfectly. And she said, the story arises out of the kinds of things that drive women crazy in real life. The disrespect, the sexism, the sexual assault, being harassed by the truck driver in the road. These are all things that women face and women face all the time. Watching two characters fight back against it is immensely satisfying for the whole audience. And I just thought that uh, that's, that's the heart of this movie. So I love it. I, I, I think you hit the nail on the head right there. Because mm-hmm. the relationship between these two characters, Gina Davis and Susan Sarandon, Thelma and Louise, they, they're, they're incredible. And it's what makes this whole movie so yeah. special. And it's a very unique movie. And it really doesn't get redone, unfortunately, which is a shame. Right. And Gina Davis and Susan Sarandon are on record talking about it. To the point where Gina Davis has established a foundation of getting more women working in the industry and you know there's she's all about it it's like her crusade nowadays every scene is just dominated by these two female characters yeah there's these great little backup characters we get we get groundhog day ned and (laughs) and, (laughs) uh, i mean the classic introduction to brad pitt's career basically this movie is his coming out party obviously we we also know know this movie for that but Harvey Keitel's great in this movie. I forgot how great he was. I, He's fantastic. I, I, yeah, I just saw this movie when I was too young to appreciate this movie when I first saw it. So yeah. you definitely don't remember Harvey Keitel being so great. And you yeah. definitely don't remember Shooter McGavin being Gina Davis's <laughs> douchebag husband, which was great. Speaking of it being like the great, the kind of coming out party for Brad Pitt, did you guys, did you guys know that uh, George Clooney was one of the finalists for this role? Yeah, I Wait, did see that. He uh, he tried out four times. He was uh, pissed that he didn't get it. So he didn't, several years, he uh, didn't even see the movie. And at least the story, the version of the story I heard was Gina Davis was on an airplane. And she happened to be sitting next to George Clooney. And he struck up conversation and he says, you know, I hate that Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what do you mean? You guys, I heard you guys are like best friends. And he said, no, ever since he stole that role for me in that movie, I've hated him. And he was joking, of course. And she's like, and she said, oh, did you read for it? (laughs) And George Clooney said four times. And she had no memory of reading against George Clooney. Right, because they read together, yeah. Part part of that might have been that when they asked for her feedback when they were reading, she said, are you kidding me? The blonde one. She actually fumbled her lines several times when reading because of Brad Pitt's overwhelming attractiveness. They didn't even originally ask her. She was there hearing them talk about it, and she piped in and said, don't you guys want my opinion? And and Ridley was basically like, oh, duh, hello. Yeah, of course we do. And that's when she said, yeah, the blonde one, duh. That's the one I want. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Moving in. He had sex lines like no others. I want to say one more thing that people don't talk about that's important. You know, the beginning of this movie, Louise is the leader. She's the responsible one. She's the strong one. And as the movie goes along, she kind of loses her strength. 
And the movie ends with Thelma being the responsible one and the strong one and, and carrying the team. And I, th- I thought that was a beautiful dynamic that doesn't get talked about. Oh, the yeah. character arc of Thelma yeah. is just incredible. It's a yeah. great arc. Yeah. I agree with it, that. It, and we'll talk about... What? I'll, I'll get into that with my favorite quote. So. Speaking of uh, good Thelma moments, actually, Nick, uh, I, I believe your favorite scene is a pretty good uh, Thelma moment. What's your favorite scene? <laughs> I, I have a few, but... The one that you're thinking of is the one when they run into Brad Pitt again, JD, after running into him at the gas station. Oh, I was just... thinking. Okay, go ahead. I was actually thinking <laughs> of the of the the other one, but roll, roll with oh, it. Oh, my favorite scene. Yeah. Okay, so I have the one where the, she whimpers to Louise to pick up JD, but then the other one is when that hick trucker finally pulls over and he thinks he's going to get laid, and he walks <laughs> up like a hick and he's like, he's just so awkward and weird and... Then they, he figures out he's not going to get laid. He gets all nasty and disgusting. And his famous line of, well, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then they shoot up and explode his semi-truck, which is really nice. It's a, it's a good payoff there. The whole scene is great because you see Louise all of a sudden shoot the tires out. And you're like, what? Louise here? Where is this girl coming from? Right. You just know she has this past from Texas that we keep getting hints about. But... Right. Obviously, it involves rape, which is why she killed the dude in the beginning. But right, it, it, it's such an awesome scene. It's so good. I love it. I, it's 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 the climactic scene. It's the beginning of the climax of the movie. That scene. It's it's yeah. it starts off the 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 race to the finish, which we'll get into in a minute. But Jeff, I know. Speaking of climaxes, my favorite <laughs> yeah, scene exactly is uh, it had to be that iconic sex scene. I love that whole scene. I love the juxtaposition. Between Jimmy's proposal and uh, Thelma and JD's uh, uh, hot sex scene, and mm-hmm. uh, just it was it was very groundbreaking for Hollywood at the time. And a lot of what was groundbreaking about it is you hadn't seen characters like Brad Pitt that much before. Usually they're the rugged like Harrison Ford type, or they're the super mus- muscle bound like. Sly Stallone, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and they were their female counterparts were often made sexy, but they were just kind of considered sexy because they were the badasses that killed the bad guys. Mm-hmm. And from the very beginning of the of Brad Pitt's introduction, he's introduced as kind of a sex symbol. And I thought that was uh, for a movie so progressive about women. I thought it was actually progressive just about gender roles in general. And how often is it the uh, uh, like sex pot chick, the one that's picked up like the side of the road or what have you. And this time they totally flip that and it's JD. Some yeah. good notes it, about that it, scene. So it's very common in Hollywood for them to uh, hire body doubles, especially for more intense sex scenes. And Ridley Scott was actually in the process of picking out body doubles to do it because he wasn't going to make an actress of Gina Davis's caliber go through with that love scene. And she famously was like, what are you talking about? Do not take this away from me. And he's like, wait, what What do you mean? Or how come? And she's like, um, have you seen him? Yeah. <laughs> so she insisted on doing that full scene because with that hot blonde that she picked out from the beginning. And I just, in a movie that's so feminist and about like, female empowerment i think that's so cool and she's like no i am doing the sex scene with the hot guy in the abs uh, that's amazing <laughs> that's well but again the juxtaposition between those two i just i've always loved in film when they like they have cutbacks between two different scenes that very different things are going on and i don't know the earliest time i've seen it but obviously this is the first time i saw this film but this might be one of the earliest examples of that because there's definitely way different things going on in each scene, but it works so well. Mark, I know you're going to... Real quick, about that sex scene, I hope this isn't one of your midnight ponderings we'll get to later, (laughs) but did Gina Davis just really just spend $7,000 on a male escort? Oh, man, you stole my midnight (laughs) pondering. I'll I'll take it now. I'll say $6,700 for a night with Brad Pitt. Wouldn't most consider that a bargain? So... I'm watching an interview today, an old interview of Gina Davis on the Arsenio Hall show, 
and he's he's talking about he's talking about they're talking about this scene and and they're not saying the they're not saying the word orgasm which i thought was great they're calling it the o word because they they didn't want to say that word on tv i guess that's funny and and I, it was just a classic interview because Arsenia is talking about this scene and they're basically talking about how she's having her first orgasm and then you hear <laughs> hear a girl in the audience talking about multiple orgasms and you're just like, oh my God, it's just... It, 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 so it's funny that this this scene is, has been iconic since the movie came out. It was iconic scene instantly and because of Brad Pitt's now... Uh, rise in fame this scene is only growing in folklore I think fame so to speak i think it's so. funny that 1991 brad pitt was so uh easy on the eyes that it made her completely forget about 1991 george clooney right. <laughs> it's pretty good <laughs> like well, i think there's also i want to point out gina davis is actually taller than brad pitt and you notice it during the movie too but yeah according to the internet she is taller than she's six foot he's around five gina davis 11. is tall in general yeah really that's a tall guy makes me a fan wow alright so Um, my favorite scene is yes is just the end so which we set off the end when when they shoot that truck basically then all of a sudden they're on the road the chase unfolds and and I was watching interviews with Ridley Scott and he just talked about how he just kind of wanted to make it epic make it grand grandiose and I thought it was just great with Kaitel coming up with the helicopter and just this huge chase in the desert. Right? It actually shot that in Utah, but mm-hmm. the it's just such a classic moment. And then they go they go off the cliff, and, and it's over. Boom! Hit you like a home run. So Jeff, my wife had never seen this movie either, and I watched. Yeah. She watched it for the first time this week. That's so funny. My and, wife had seen it multiple times, and I had and, we had opposite experiences. Keep going. And so when she sees the scene at the end, she kind of is like, "That's it." And I'm like, "Yeah, isn't that great?" And she had to think about it for a second. Because it shocked her, and I, I knew it was coming. So she 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 did like it. She did, but I love it. I think it's great. And and and, I, and a lot of people thought maybe it glorified suicide. And I don't, I don't think that at all. I think it was it was Thelma's way of telling Louise that she's her ride or die. Man, let's go. Female, that's why I said female version of Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid. We're just going out on a high note. And, and what's cool about it is the the way they cut that scene. The car is in the middle of the air. And, and it's it's still like at an upward trajectory. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they show us some big explosion. It's not like they, it's it's a perfect way to end this movie. I thought so. I love how they do it. I love how they hold their hands at the end. They have that kiss that just like you're my bestie, and it's just a perfect moment for girls. And what's so special about this scene? I mentioned this earlier to you guys. Is something called the Bechdel test, and what it is, it's. The, this this uh, woman by the name of Alison Bechtel, she had a comic, and she basically broke down the fact that movies and television don't ever portray women in any other way other than, like, for marriage. Like, the end game for every female character is them in some sort of relationship. And... So the Bechtel test has three criteria. It has to have at least two women in it. Obviously, this movie is only two women who talk to each other. That's the second criteria. And the third criteria is about something besides a man. And it went on to list like the movies that have been doing that of recent. Like The only two that came to mind that everyone would recognize were Bridesmaids and The Help. Okay. But like a league of their own that we've talked about earlier on another podcast, it's in the same vein as this. And there's just not that many movies that do it. And so when they do, it's so special. And that's why Susan Sarandon and Gina Davis loved it. And they love each other. And they, they're friends to this day. I think you bring up a really good point about how epic that ending was and the ride or die. I mean, who wouldn't want to die with their best friend if they had to, right? Under yeah. these circumstances. You bring up a really good point. Did your wife, did she not know the ending before you guys saw it? Cause no, she's never seen it. She's she seen, didn't like, know anything she's about seen, the movie. She's seen parts of it, but wow. I don't think she knew how it ended. Oh, okay. see, I do. I definitely knew that going in. Yeah. And then I love, but, I also love that opening shot when they go on the road trip and they take the Polaroid of each other. It's such yeah. an iconic shot, too. Yeah. I forgot but to make One real it, quick but. note on that ending scene, Mark. Did you see that the writer actually uh, shocked that everybody assumes that they die, which I just did. And she said, 
I purposely left it that way to open ended, and we don't know if they make it if they make it across or they don't. Yeah, she's like, and she even says, "I always assumed that they that they got over that ridge and they got away," and I was like, "What? I don't know that I like that ending." She's, but but she's not, she's not true to form with that. She doesn't, she doesn't genuinely mean that because she's also been on record and she's talked about it. She just said, "I didn't." She wasn't trying to glorify their death at all, and and it wasn't trying to make it a sad moment. It was a happy moment for these girls. Like it was the culmination of their friendship, basically. And, and by not showing the death, it doesn't glorify it. And so she was so mad. She was so mad that people thought that it glorified the whole thing. So. Well, they weren't. They also. It was their way of also not giving in, like not yeah. just surrendering to like kind of the patriarchy and all of that. But they were wrong. How I that, that was a minority of people, anyways. Most people love this movie. This movie made forty-five million dollars. An R-rated movie right. in 1991, nominated for a bunch of Oscars, including the writer. She won. Mm-hmm. We'll get into her in a little bit, but yeah. Favorite quotes? Let's go. Fuck you. <laughs> how great, I mean, how great was that accent? Oh, Let that me go good. for it. Yeah. That was good. You went for it, and you hit it. Home run. Home. <laughs> Wait, I got one more. I got one more. Um, this is really the point of the movie. That's why it's such important. And if I'm still in what I think might be your quote, Mark, I'm sorry. But no, I don't think you are. It is when Louise asks Thelma, how do you like vacation so far? Thelma laughs and says, I guess I went a little crazy, didn't I? And then she says back, this is the first chance you've ever had to express yourself. It's, it's great. It, it's, yeah. These two women, they're so great. I have the state trooper when they got oh, the state I trooper. Oh, I hate you. That's your line, really? Lined up. He says, please, I have a wife and kids, please. And Thelma says, you do? Well, you're lucky. You be sweet to him. Especially yeah. your wife. My husband, husband wasn't sweet to me. Look how I turned out. That's <laughs> a great, great quote. <laughs> Great, great quote. That's all I got. That was my favorite quote of the movie, actually, because I wanted to talk about Thelma's character arc, and and that just sums it up right there. But I also love when they're reviewing the security footage of her doing the holdup, and word for word, she's doing what Brad Pitt told her for the robbery, and it's identically spot on, which is amazing because she just also experienced her first orgasm from Brad Pitt, so really, it makes sense that she's just kind of doesn't care that Brad Pitt took the money because she's like, well, he gave me a new career and he gave me the best sex of my life. So. That might have been the best sex hair I've ever seen in movies. Wait, hold on, real quick. Sorry to interrupt. That was her first orgasm ever. What did I miss here? Whoa. Yeah, that's what that's what's implied. How it, like how happy she was, Nick? How, yeah. yeah that's uh, just... You think that? Holy you think that shit, tubby boys. husband? Ever, <laughs> no, I had no idea. Ever gave her an orgasm? Yeah. That's yeah. Like, by the way, she, speaking of that tubby husband, did you see that that was actually Gina Davis's ex? Yeah, it was her real, it was her real husband she, for a little bit. Or a real she fiance? got him the role. She got him the role after they broke up. Really, and Gina Davis was really banging Shooter McGavin in real life. Yeah, she was. Wow. And they broke up, and then she said, "My ex husband, my my ex, not husband. They were ex fiance. They were engaged. My ex would be perfect for this." His he name's had, Christopher McDonald. By he the way, had first didn't want to do it, uh-huh. and then. <laughs> He decided to do it. Later, he says the, the experience was very cathartic and helping him get over his relationship with uh, Gina Davis. You know that right. scene, You know that scene in the beginning where he falls on his ass? Yeah. That was total accidental. Right. And, and Ridley Scott loved it. <laughs> and he went with it because he, he, he knew there was a potential moment there, so he just played it out. He was totally not supposed to eat shit there with all those construction guys at all. And, and Ridley loved it, left it in, and I thought it was great. Anything not work for you, Mark? Bell! 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 The one thing that stands out to me that kind of annoys me when I have to be picky would be the fact that all of a sudden Harvey Keitel, in his first scene, knows the bartender at the Arkansas bar because he seems like the local police detective and has to deal with crime there a lot, but apparently has the authority to have this whole army of police and is in a helicopter at the end with Herman Ned and that just kind of annoys me because I feel like there would be FBI involved and maybe Harvey Keitel is not a lead investigator anymore right. because he's a small town detective in Arkansas That's but point. <laughs> but but Harvey Keitel's the the one male character 
outside of Brad Pitt, I guess you could argue that Brad, but Brad Pitt still steals their money. So he's really know. the only redeemable male character. He's, yeah, he, we he probably is, all really like him because he gives a, he shows that we're he, not all that horrible. And, and he's well, Michael Madsen's great too in his role, his yeah, small bit. But but Keitel is he's just he's real likable in his role. So so I don't think it bothers you. But when you when you think about his character, it's just being a, like I said, it's a nitpick. Who cares? But anything not work for you, Nick? Yeah, you know, I get picky when it gets over two hours. It's about 10 to 15 this minutes movie's too a little, long. Yeah, in the yeah. middle, a little long. Yeah, I agree. I, the scene at the end with the um, the Jamaican guy smoking weed and going up to the cup, that was a good two minutes that could have been cut, especially before such a serious scene. I think they should have built that up. You know who that cop more. is? Uh, yeah, I do, actually. He's in G.I. Jane, I know that. He is also in G.I. Jane, but he's also the main star of Chicago PD, which all the women love those Chicago shows. And know. he's Hank, Officer Hank Voigt, who's like an absolute badass, like Vic Mackey style. Right. And it's just funny that he's this, you know, rookie trooper gets locked in his trunk right. in this movie. And my wife recognized him right away. And, and yeah. I was cracking up because this movie's 30 years old this year. Yeah. And we didn't need, we didn't need to know what happened to him. I no, just no, we didn't at all. For yeah. sure. You could have cut that. Yeah. Absolutely. There's a bunch of stuff you could have cut. Freaking all Ridley Scott movies drag in the beginning. Which, what do you have in mind? You can't just say that. Gladiator. Gladiator Ooh. takes forever to get to, like, where he's, like, off on his own. Um, alien. Alien's very slow until the alien pops out of the stomach. Um, what is it? He's got <laughs> the, the, he's got the, yeah, Jesus. He's got the what? slow burn on Alien. What are you talking about? It's slow until the end is the what whole, he just the said. The whole movie no, is no, slow burn. Not the it's end. The middle, burn. no, the pregnancy. The, the very oh, middle, okay. the middle scene. And the, oh, okay. the scene when you, the alien gets going and you see the, like, up until then it's so... I don't know. Ridley Scott. It's I, a mystery. It's a slow burn. Ah, a, slow burns are the worst. <laughs> so, for some people, they are, especially this day and age. For, I, for, it, for the, I don't know. For I thought it took need, a while to get going. I need it now generation. It's definitely. I thought a lot of that back and up. forth, like her husband and stuff, could have been done on the phone, could have been done a lot quicker. With her and Daryl? Yeah. But. I, love the, I love the scenes with her and Daryl. The thing is, Ridley, here's what's different. Here's the thing with Ridley Scott. He, If you look at his movies, he works with actors that know how to act. He does. Meaning they're all award-winning actors. They've either been nominated for multiple Oscars, have won Oscars. Blade Runner, that movie takes that movie never gets going. That movie's slow from minute one. I know, that's what I'm saying. He's just a slow burn he's just a slow burn director. That's got your boy Harrison Ford. I'm gonna write his fan club and let him know you said that. (laughs) That's the only reason he redeems he redeems Blade Runner for me. Send him the audio, they're gonna revoke his membership. His, yeah. his performance run redeemed, the tape his performance <laughs> redeems Blade Runner for me um no but it's it's just ah Ridley Scott speed it up a little bit he's a commercial director you think he'd know speed how to make it. things done get things done fast speed on it up time. Ridley alright I like it career like corner it. uh good a time as any to talk about Ridley Scott Ridley Scott who I just Let's ripped jump, on jump, jump Ridley right Scott in. I was talking to I was talking to you guys uh, kind of before the pod sneaky great director it's I'm actually interested. Why is he never mentioned with like the Spielbergs, the James Camerons? Like we did a Soderbergh last week. If he's even mentioned with him, I right. I don't I feel think... like Ridley gets the a credit he the fame claim he deserves. So I think he's done too much volume. It's just been a while too. He hasn't. What has he last done in the last decade? You his know? last good movie. Well, he's done a ton of movies, but his last good movie that I wrote down. I think I like Prometheus. You guys don't like Prometheus. And then no, didn't do it for not me. Not at all. The oh, last man. movie that, the last movie he did for me, I mean, that was well recognized as good. I know neither. I don't think either of you like it, but most people did. It was The Martian. No, and I didn't like that either. I did like. I do like Matchstick Man. I think that's an underrated movie. He did yeah, American Gangster in two thousand seven. I, I like American Gangster is a good movie. Yeah. A good year. A good year was a solid film. Uh, yeah, that's okay. Black Hawk Down. Black so, Hawk okay. Down is great. I love Black Hawk Down. Black Hawk Down, Gladiator in 2000, Black Hawk Down, and Hannibal's Hannibal terrible. in 2001. Yeah. Which is uh, interesting I, because Hannibal, no good. Black Hawk Down, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really think that Gladiator was his last great thing, and that's why he doesn't get mentioned, mentioned at answer your question, Jeff. So you want to know something? Ridley Scott's worth $400 million. Yeah. I actually like Alien Combat, four, too. $400 million. It's and that's because he, he has a company called Ridley Scott Associates, RSA, which is a commercial company. And, he, yeah, his first movie didn't come out until he was 39 years old. Mm-hmm. And he made over 2,500 commercials before he ever made a movie. 
I was just uh, going to say there's still hope for us, boys. But then when you said, yeah. the, then when you said the 29 commercials, I sank down. <laughs> and I'm uh, going to talk talk a little bit about the writer. Of Callie Corey. So the writer of this movie, this was the first movie that she wrote. And she was working for a video production company. And she was writing this movie in her apartment longhand because she didn't have a computer or a typewriter, I suppose. And she was then typing it at her work during the day. And she was best friends with Ridley Scott's assistant. And she begged the assistant, her friend, his assistant, to get this movie in his hands. To which he then did. Uh, He got a copy. He liked it. And he tried to push it on a bunch of people for a while. And then finally one of his friends said, It sounds like you have a really good idea of what this movie needs to be, so why don't you just make it? And so he finally came to terms with, Oh yeah, I guess I could just make it. And he decided to make it. So this girl who was writing this movie, it's I thought this was just classic Nico folklore and I wanted to make sure he heard about this because she was in her apartment one year writing this movie and the next year Ridley you know a year and a half later Ridley Scott's making it and it stars Gina Davis and Susan Sarandon and it goes on to she goes on to win an Oscar in 1992 for this movie and she's up against John Singleton who also had his first movie Boys in the Hood which was awesome movie yeah and then there was the home run Bugsy that came out that year that everybody thought was going to win everything, but no, that didn't because that was the year of Silence of the Lambs when that took home everything. But it was just such a, it's such a cool story, this girl. And, and yeah. she never really did too much else until she decided one day to create the show Nashville, <laughs> yeah. which went on to like have, I don't even know how many seasons, but over 120 episodes. So she created that show and she's, Super rich now and has Thelma and Louise, Susan Sarandon, and Gina Davis. That's a to great story, for. though. I had no idea. That's great. That's fantastic. She also did no, the I... Sisterhood of Yaya Pants. Yeah, she did. I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Nashville, which yeah, everybody yeah. knows, like you mentioned. Uh, Susan Sarandon and Gina Davis. Is this? I would just one say. Of, is this either one of their? Be- oh, go ahead, Mark. Sorry. No, I would just say this is one of their top three roles for both of them. I was gonna say, is it one of their best movies? Is it, yeah, or is top, it either top. one of theirs best movies? I don't know. Gina da- I like Gina Davis in Legal Their Own more than this, but I love her in this too. So it's a top three movie. Easy. And I like I like Susan Sarandon more in the client. And she made I those like, yeah. back I love Susan Sarandon in the client. And I like Susan Sarandon more probably in Bull Durham. She's like, you were gonna say that, Mark. You in baseball movies. Maybe in, yeah, baseball movies. There I got a thing for him. That's yeah. my favorite baseball movie. And one day Bull we'll Durham. talk Moneyball, which is one of Nick's favorite movies yeah. and a baseball movie. Bull. It's true. But yeah, uh Gina Davis. Back to back, she did a league of their own, and uh, and this film. Good. I know. Nineteen ninety one, ninety two was good. She to was her. on top of the world. She was. She was. And she doesn't do anything else until I mention this every time. There's a Gina Davis movie, The Long Kiss Goodnight. More people yeah, should like that movie. movie. I great love movie. that movie. It's a good movie. All right, moving on. Um, Hall. There was a number of actresses that were. Uh, could have been played this role, including Holly Hunter, Frances McDormand, Jodie Foster, Michelle Pfeiffer, Meryl Streep, Goldie Hawn. The original roles were offered to Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster ends up dropping out because the production stalled and she wanted to do Silence of the Lambs more. Why Good choice. Is, why, why, is that like, why is that important? Because that same year, she actually beats out Gina Davis and Susan Sarandon for Best Actress with Silence of the Lamb. So whoever uh, Jodie Foster's agent was uh, doing good work for her. This movie was nominated. Both of these actresses were nominated for Best Actress. Ridley Scott got a Best Director nomination. And it won the screenplay Oscar, but it did not get nominated for Best Picture. The The next to be chosen was Meryl Streep. She was signed on until, but she... But she wanted... Um, Thelma or Louise one of them to survive the movie and they wouldn't do it so they parted ways and then you get Gina Davis who actually originally wanted to play Louise and was fighting to stay in Louise until Susan Sarandon read for it and she said okay she can do Louise better than I can and I thought that that was worth mentioning uh, because that's Hollywood history we almost had a lot of different actors actresses i really think i think meryl streep could have played the role of louise 
I think she would have been she would have been fine. Um, the rest of them, I disagree on. The chemistry between the two is perfect, so it doesn't matter. It's a moot point, in my opinion. That chemistry. Did you see that they were not sober during the see during a lot of the scenes? Yeah, Gina Davis had to they had to stop filming for half a day because she got too drunk. <laughs> they 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 wanted they thought it would play better, so she so her and Susan Sarandon got drunk during a couple scenes, and then they just had to cut it. Metal podium. But oh no, real quick for those that were curious, because we we just just took closing note on the the Oscar race with the, why this movie didn't get nominated for Best Picture, but got nominated for everything else. It appears that the movie The Prince of Tides stole its spot, which who cares about that? Movie? Wow. Because <laughs> the other four were Silence of the Lambs, Beauty and the Beast, Bugsy, and JFK, which are all solid movies compared to The Prince of Tides. Clearly the weak link here. So Prince of Tides, screw you, Barbara Streisand and Nick Nolte. This should have been Thelma and Louise's spot. Yeah. Metal podium. Nico, what do you got? I think we've all probably got the same, so let's go. I want to give a tie between Ridley Scott and Hans Zimmer for bronze. I think they both did an incredible job. But Hans Zimmer, he kind of sneaks in there, right? He's, he's not only there by name. He killed that last scene. And we'll talk about that on my uh, final thought. But, that, I mean, that scene is iconic, and I, I give half the credit to Hans Zimmer. I really do. So do you think Hans Zimmer is the reason why this movie is five minutes too long? Because they go through the entire opening credits because he's so good at music? It could be. That's a they, good thought, They actually. could have cut five minutes from the opening credits, but maybe it's just because Hans Zimmer's so good. We're just going like, you know what? We're just going to let Hans lead us in. <laughs> Let's just let Hans play some music. We <laughs> like it so much, right? <laughs> and uh, those who have heard this pod before, I did see Hans Zimmer at Coachella. He was fantastic. He That's brought awesome. out all of his friends. I think you can't have a movie like this without giving a medal to both Susan Sarandon and Gina Davis. You just can't because well, they're yeah, such exactly. equal parts. And we've had other movies like this where I didn't give a middle way to both, but I'm gonna give it to Louise for the silver. I think she, I think Gina Davis was a little bit better, to be honest. But not to take anything away from Susan Sarandon, she she nailed her role and what she was supposed to be doing, and who she was supposed to be playing. I just like Gina Davis a little bit more, and Gina Davis carried this movie. She was the heart of this movie. She will be remembered as the front of this movie forever to come, in my opinion. So you think you could remake this movie today? Um. Obviously, you're not going to call it a remake. You're not going to say this is Thelma and Louise remake. But you could build out like a very similar script and script and similar story. But you could do it with guys. Um, yeah. And the reason I say that is interesting. And I know this super feminist movie, but while watching it, I felt very, uh, I it felt like a very relatable moment when Susan Sarandon was calling uh, when Louise was calling Thelma. And Thelma's like, well, I gotta ask him permission if I can go, and I don't think she, I don't think he'll let me go. All I could think of was several of my friends whose wives literally control their lives and would like not let them go. And um, uh, as far as like on the road and what would be the driving factor, I could actually see scenes of a guy being accused of something. Um, sexual harassment or something. And I mean, we kind of already got it with the hangover, though. Well, that's true. That's true. But, no, I see what you're saying, though. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I saw that. And you wouldn't want to call it Thumb and Louise because it would be in a totally different spirit. But as feminist a movie as it is, I think some of it's just... I think it's as much a criticism of um, controlling monogamy as it is the patriarchy. Well, and here's the thing. I felt that during the movie. Well, here's the thing. We we mentioned two other movies that are super girl power movies: The Help and Bridesmaids. And I think we all we both love those movies, right? Well, Bridesmaids is Hangover, kind of yeah. done with girls. Nico, do you like? Uh, are you a fan of The Help? I know you like Bridesmaids. No, I don't. Oh, you don't like I, The Help? I know I should. I should like that movie. It's just it's no, I don't like it. So you should. No, also but like I mean, Black it's Hawk just. Down. More and then what was the movie that came out last year, Han? Uh, the two girls. The oh, the super bad, super, super bad, super bad. Booksmart, girls. Booksmart, right? Yeah, yeah, Booksmart. Booksmart, excellent movie. So yeah, these movies are good. They 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 should make more of them. So agreed. I'm okay with it. Hundred so. percent agreed. Mark Metal Stand. I almost wanted to just give gold medals to Gina Davis and <laughs> and Susan Sarandon, and I didn't know if that's allowed, so I didn't I didn't inquire. You got to choose. So if I have to choose, I'm going to give, yeah, I have to give the gold to Gina Davis just because of the character arc that you see with Thelma and 
that's credit to the writer. So I'm gonna give my bronze. I'm I'm kind of all over the place. I'm giving Susan Sarandon my silver medal, and I'm giving the bronze to 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 the to the writer Corey. I oh. believe is her name. I'm drawing a blank on her name again here. Callie Corey. That's her last name's Corey. Sorry. Callie Corey. So I'm going to give her the bronze because this was her This was her baby and she won an Oscar. She was rewarded for it. So kudos to her. And I know Ridley Scott is awesome and I wanted to give him a medal. I wanted to give Brad Pitt a medal because he steals. I wanted to give Brad Pitt middle. a medal so bad. I, I, I wanted I just... to give... I wanted to give Shooter McGavin a medal. <laughs> Harvey Keitel could have a medal. But at the end of the day, this is Susan Sarandon and Gina Davis's movie. And anyone taking away from that, taking that away from them, missed the point of the movie, in my opinion. So they really should both get the gold, but you forced my hand. So Gina Davis, you get the gold. Susan Sarandon, you get the silver. I love you both, and this movie's awesome. Jeff, medals? All right. Um, bronze, I get to Callie, the writer. Uh this is really her movie. I almost, I almost put her higher. It's just her idea, just a fantastic story, and it was really a story that hadn't been told. And I think her story and the characters that she wrote and put on the page are the reason this movie's remembered so many years later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was lots of talent. Can I know you got? It's hard to imagine a movie with somebody else playing something different, but there was a ton of talented actresses interested in this role. And I think she built rich and powerful enough characters that actors of that caliber all all could have pulled it off. And I think that um, maybe not as well, maybe a little bit better. We'll never know because we can't compare the two next to each other. But what remains the same is those characters that were put on the page and then brought to life. And that's really a credit, credit to Callie. For sure. The, yeah, I agree. The silver I'm giving to Ridley Scott. Fantastic movie, and like I said, I was really blown away looking at his filmography, and I've never considered him in like the upper pantheon of directors. And I like even the film, like The Martian. While I'm not a big fan of it, like everybody else, I it's not bad. It's still good, and he I don't know he's he puts on an excellent film. I think this is a great example of his diversity because it's not sci-fi like Blade Runner or Alien or Prometheus. It's a road trip movie, and just super talented director and my favorite scene i was talking about the juxtapositions and that sex scene and different things a lot of that that is the way he filmed it a lot of the filming on the road i just ridley scott knocks it out of the park my yeah, gold my I, second this is my second favorite ridley scott movie so it was hard for me to not give him a medal so my gold i give to gina davis she owns this movie uh i really didn't think it was close between her and susan sarandon uh she just she glows when she's on screen. Uh, this is probably my favorite Gina Davis performance, although I also really like her in A League of Their Own, but I like her a little bit better here. She, Her character arc is amazing. I know you mentioned that earlier, Mark. And I don't know. I, could, I do, after watching this, have a hard, going back to my earlier statement, have a hard time imagining any of those other actresses playing Gina Davis's role. I can easily imagine many of the others playing the Susan Sarandon role. Um, and that's not a knock on Susan Sarandon. She's a great actress. I just, to me, Gina Davis wins the gold hand down. All right, Jeff. We got any midnight ponderings this time of year? I would Luis walk her life savings. Her boyfriend just flew across the country to give to her over to Thelma's room. I pondered that for a bit. I don't know why she didn't just keep it in her own room. Well, she didn't have a pocket. It was Jimmy's room. Um, but still, she was staying the night there. I would not separate from that. I would not separate from my life savings. I I agree with you. And that's, you know, it's just one of those what if moments. That's why we, yeah, you're right. It's a midnight pondering. (laughs) That's what it is. It it really, it's a nitpick, but it's important. We need this. We need it for the story to work. Wow. Thelma has really bad instincts when it comes to men. (laughs) Uh, Uh, yeah. Did anyone else think Luis was kind of a wet blanket? Yep. <laughs> yeah, but then she ordered the margarita with the extra shot of tequila on the side. That's and you're true. like, oh, look, look, Luis, she's got some fun in her. Right. Are we sure? This wouldn't really make you guys mad, but I'm laying out a case for you. Are we sure Luis doesn't kind of suck? <laughs> so here we go. She does save Thelma from getting raped, and that is huge. 
But only after she leaves her alone with a guy she knew was kind of skeezy from the get-go. Just so she could, what, powder her face? She, she couldn't have... Thelma to go with her to the bathroom. She Yeah, she should have grabbed her too. Um, she then implicates... Then, after saving her and shoots the guy, she implicates her friend in murder. Uh, brings her friend along on a road trip running away. While trying to outrun the authorities with her friend she has implicated in said murder, she decides to take the long way to Mexico. <laughs> she then convinces her boyfriend who loves her so much he pulls out $6,700 out of his bank account, buys her an engagement ring, and then pays for a hotel room for her friend Thelma to stay in so Thelma can get laid. <laughs> All of that, and does Jimmy get a blowjob? I'm not even sure he gets laid. We don't get a, we see, we see Thelma get laid. I think Jimmy just gets rejected by Luis and passes out next to her $6,700 poorer that never really gets... Uh, to the girls anyway, because for some reason, Luis is scared to have that money in the same room with Jimmy, the guy that flew all this way to give it to her. Yeah, it's true. It is true. She but I think clearly originally... doesn't doesn't seem to have concern for her friend's increasingly worrying drinking problem, and then convinces, convinces at the last minute her friend that suicide is the answer, instead of just taking the blame for the whole thing when the cops get there. Moral of the story... Thelma, apparently, with Thelma, maybe it's not just men that she has questionable taste in. No way. They're ride or die. And any other ponderings? That's it. No other ponderings. Nico, anything what we up? missed? Yeah, I'll clean up your mess. Uh, Jeff called him James... Jeff called him James Madsen earlier. It's Michael Madsen. Michael Madsen. I caught it yeah, earlier. Okay. I didn't want to correct poor Jeff. You don't want to correct him? Okay. Uh, Mark mentioned that Gina Davis was actually engaged to her real-life husband, Daryl. That is true. Christopher McDonald. However, you forgot to mention that she left him for Jeff Goldblum. I did not know that. Yeah. Dun, wow. Dun. Jeff Goldblum. Who she met on the set of... Didn't they meet on the set of a movie they were together in, or no? Was it The Fly? Yeah, they're both in The Fly, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so he just got a raw deal. He just did that. I have a feeling that Christopher McDonald joined this movie to try to win her back as some attempt, you know? It's like a girlfriend asking you to go on vacation. You're like, well, I might as well try it out, see if there's any what's, interest. What's funny is I've always... I've, he'll forever be Shooter McGavin to me, but because of this, I'll never forget him now as Daryl the douchebag from Thelma and Louise. Right. Uh, Jeff, you mentioned that... Meryl Streep and Goldie Hawn were both signed on to do Thelma Louise, and they left to do Death Becomes Her. I just want to oh, point out. And, I like yeah, it. I like that's it. why they couldn't do it. Right. Uh, you mentioned the Oscars. Susan Sarandon and Gina Davis made Oscar history. They both got nominated for Best Actress, and obviously they canceled each other out and lost to Jodie Foster, but that uh, has never been done since. I think that's important for Oscar history. It's only happened five times, and this was the last time it happened. So I thought that was great. Finally, this finished fourth at the box office. As popular as it become, and none of the other three before it are ever mentioned in movie history. You're going to argue this one, Mark, but the opening weekend, three movies beat it. It was Backdraft, What About Bob, and Hudson Hawk. And fourth, Thelma Louise. Hudson oh, yeah, Hawk, terrible movie. The other, the other two, two movies, movies are good. Yeah. Backdraft, really? Yeah, Backdraft's good. Ron Howard? Oh, yeah. That's good I movie. feel like the... Bob Murray Renaissance of the 2010s make all his movies earlier movies better and I think they actually are I couldn't watch What About Bob back to back did you, you just know? call Bill Murray Bob Murray Bill I did just call him Bill Murray I've been redeemed hey, for my hey, Jimmy hey, Madsen Nico, hey Nico things you made a, you might have missed <laughs> <laughs> I feel better I, what I did is I mixed up his uh, first name with his character's name no you're yeah. good you're good I love it I love it hey the last note I got in as far as randomness i don't know if you've got anything else jeff but the, the one thing i wanted to point out to nico because i know i know he loves his boy jimmy cameron <laughs> jim jim cameron loves ridley scott and i don't know if it's just because he followed in his footsteps with aliens right and, and but he's he's literally it's 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 on record how much how in awe he is of him he's, he's a major influence in and he, he says, he's admitted that he goes to see any new Ridley Scott film because he's such an artist, he's such a filmmaker. I always learn from him. Wow. And I thought that was interesting because I know you love... You love no, I do. I love, love that you brought this up on this pod. I think that's yeah. crazy. 
Yeah. And they both, so, they both have, they both have strong Jeff, female any... characters. That's interesting. Yeah, that's yeah. actually one thing that I wanted to, when I was talking Career Corner about Ridley Scott, actually, was um, this uh, venture into feminism was not his first. I mean, he's actually a very feminist director from everything from Ripley and Alien. It was actually his suggestion. That character was written as a character for a man. And he said it'd be much more interesting if the character's a woman. Uh, and G.I. Jane, of course. Yeah. Uh, and this movie. Ridley Scott uh, fighting for has been fighting for women since day one. He has. It is three of his big movies, for sure. And, and he's got plenty of... And Russell Crowe's probably as amused ever since Gladiator. But I feel like they've done probably ten movies together. But And he gets along else. with Russell Crowe. Nobody else... No other directors seem to be able to do that. <laughs> It's a and win in he's itself. Been knighted, and Ridley's been knighted by the Queen. You guys know that. But, so know we it. should be it's calling actually him Sir Ridley. Sir, Sir Ridley. Sorry, in case he gets to hear this. But this guy's still making movies, and he's in his 80s. Kudos to him. If we could only be so lucky. But uh, final thoughts, Jeff? Good movie. I'm glad I got to finally see it. It's always been on my list. I actually liked it better than I thought I was going to. Uh, just It was really great watch. So thanks, guys. Nico, final thoughts? I'm going to get sentimental on you. I, got, I was deeply emotionally affected when they drove off the mountain together. And I, like I said, I've seen it two or three times. It really got me this time. I think it it resonated so much. And I get the world we're living in now and why it would make more sense to me or if I've grown up. But I just thought that this was a fantastic movie. And it will go down. If, if I had room on my top 50 list, I'd consider adding it. I'm that serious. Like... That's I was even texting Jeff. And I, it almost made me cry. I'm not kidding. And That's why we have the other 50. Yeah, and just to rewatch and get emotionally involved like that, it just adds to your week, and that's why I love what we do. So, I I, I love it when you get sentimental, baby. I think it's yeah. awesome. <laughs> I, I love it. And, and this was I, this is a special movie, and I I like that we got to analyze it because we give it we gave it its due justice, and I hope everyone that's listening appreciated a little trip down memory lane of. Gina Davis and Susan Sarandon in this classic film in Louise because when you think of Ridley Scott I think you think of Gladiator and you think you think of Alien and Blade Runner and you don't necessarily think of Thelma and Louise but that's going to change for me moving forward I didn't know this was a Ridley Scott movie until we we, we got in for the rewatch I, I didn't so, know that I didn't know he did this I yeah. forgot yeah I forgot so, so and, and 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 you see his style all over this movie when it, with with the whole epicness of a lot of the scenes when you think of you know all the epicness of Gladiator, you can see that and even just the, just the chase scenes of this movie, but yeah this was a great movie I hope everyone enjoyed and thanks for listening uh, we'll see you next time with a, another great movie that definitely does not suck. <laughs>